Hello, everyone, and welcome back to a Naturally Nino podcast. I am so excited for this week's episode. Today, I have Mitchell Harding on, and he is from Peter Martzburg, South Africa. He had a very active childhood, and you know, when he moved to the states, he continued um, to stay involved in fitness, and then started to also, you know, dive into his professional career as an adult. Um, currently, he is a personal trainer and he is still in school as well. Um, he manages a portfolio of personal investments and he pretty much spends his day working and studying. Hi, Mitch. Thank you for coming you. onto my podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. Thanks for having me. Um, so, Mitch and I actually met through um, my friend Shelby um, when we were living in Denver, and that's how we got to know each other. And yeah, so I know that you are extremely active still, um, (laughs) and you are also very much into living a healthy lifestyle, essentially, right? And it's all about like that balance. Um, Uh, And so, yeah, so... It's, it's just, it's a, it's a lifestyle. It's continuous, never ends, but um, yeah. It, yeah. It, it's not one thing or, or the other, right? It's just kind of doing it all. It's perfectly normal, but I suppose for some people it might be a foreign idea. Eating <laughs> well, always watching your food and maybe not drinking so much. So yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to kind of dive deep into um, your story and also why you do the stuff that you do and kind of um, talk about why it, you know, because yeah, um, the way you kind of live your life might sound a little extreme to some people, but in your case, like that's all you know. And so, I mean, what was it, I, you know, what's your backstory? Like, how did you even get into health and fitness? And were you I mean, would you say you had an active childhood, right? But would you call it a healthy one? I, I actually, you know, I would, as far as my behavior was concerned, just because, like I was saying before, um, the school was the school that I went to encouraged kids, everyone, to exercise and play sports. And if you not playing mm-hmm. a sport and not participating was not an option. So okay. yeah, from a behavioral standpoint, I would say that. Um, I had asthma as a kid. I had allergies, but later on in life, I found out that was actually due to just bad eating. And oh, the food wow. I was putting in was, was, was affecting my immune system and it was making me suffer from allergies, chronic allergies and chronic asthma, hmm. uh, which I don't, I don't have anymore. So. Oh, that's so interesting. So what, what do you mean by like, what were you eating then growing up? Lots of grain. So for me personally, like we were saying earlier, um, you know, different things work for different people. And what I found in my life is that I can't touch grain. Um, Mm. Corn crushes me from an immune uh, standpoint. My immune system uh, responds to grain super badly, responds to alcohol super badly. Maybe that's everyone. I don't know. I just feel like (laughs) it's mostly me. Um, But whenever I eat those things, um, for some reason, I experience really bad allergies and Uh asthma starts coming on. So... That's so interesting because, you know, oftentimes when people say they have asthma, they usually never think about changing their diet. Like sure. if you go to a doctor, like, and they tell you, you, it, you know, if, if a child is suffering, right. And you take them to the doctor, the doctor will be like, oh, the child has asthma. So here's an inhaler. Um, this is what you have to do. 
I don't think I've ever heard of a doctor say, hey, why don't we try changing your diet? Yeah, no, I mean, that, and that's exactly right, because no doctor ever said to me, you know, try this diet or try eating this way, um, and you, you, know, you can essentially get rid of your asthma and your allergies. No one ever told me that. It just it slowly happened. I slowly started eating well. And then I, st I started training, and then I started training at a higher level. And when you, when you train at a really high level, you're forced to eat well to mm -hmm. increase your performance so that you can get your performance to the next notch. Right. And then as a byproduct of those behavioral, of that change in behavior, I, I cleared my, my allergies and my asthma and any other oh, issues. Wow. Oh, so, it, so you mean, so, okay, so basically like you had asthma growing up but, and allergies, but so you weren't really focused on curing it. You were just in, you were just doing your fitness stuff and you're like, oh, I want to reach the next level of my fitness, you know, yeah. kind of stage. So I'm going to, you know, I guess tweak my diet to make it even cleaner and because you wanted to see the fitness results. Yes, exactly. It was purely for the sake of performance. Wow. Uh, I noticed that, you know, eating a, a, a diet of meat and vegetables, nuts and seeds, some fruit, little starch, no sugar mm -hmm. for, for me. Um, it improved my performance. It improved my mental clarity. And then it just, it spills into the rest of your life. Um, oh, wow. You know, so. And how nice. old were you when that happened? I was in my early 20s. Okay. Yeah. And, and so did it, did you see the results pretty quickly or like, did it take some time? No, the results snowball. So in the beginning, you might not know the big, in the beginning, the results are superficial. Mm -hmm. So they're more, the more immediate ones, like maybe a change in body composition, mm -hmm. um, a, an immediate change in maybe your focus. Mm -hmm. uh, like sitting down at a desk for me was more difficult on a bad diet than it is on a good diet. So those are maybe more superficial and immediate, but then in the long term, the immune response starts setting in, and and then yeah, like I said, it snowballs. So the results right. from eating super clean, and that's different for everyone, by the way. Right. The results of of eating super clean um, in six months look different from the results in a year and a half. Mm, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, and that's what I've got. And I don't know many people who've, who like, who, like you and me who have done it for that long. When people right. talk about diets now, they talk about eight week diets, <laughs> 12 week diets, which I, I hate get, the word diet. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. And most people do. The only reason they use it is because everyone knows what that yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. Even though in their head, they have a different idea of what that means, but yeah. people generally mean it, think it means um, eating a certain regimented structure you know right no so. i agree with you I, I think for sure it's uh very few people that have been doing kind of similar things as to what you and i are doing and oftentimes i do notice so i actually didn't know that you used to have asthma or allergies when yeah. you were younger and that's why i always ask what people's backstory is because there's always something mm -hmm. that kind of uh, leads into this discovery. So for me personally, I was not like super big on fitness. I mean, like being active was a part of my life because I used to go to, I used to dance. Um, so I was always active and like would play in the park and like just always wanted to do stuff. Uh, but 
my health was like my weakness. And I hated the fact that I relied on pills and medication. Like I hated it, you know, and it's, it's annoying, right? Because you, you feel like you're like an outcast compared to like all the friends around you who like eat whatever the hell they want and feel totally fine. And there's like nothing wrong with them. And, you know, one of the things that I knew I could take control of was my thyroid. And for many years, um, I actually first started my diet. Well, not my, I would say my health journey because I wanted to heal my cholesterol naturally without medication. And I tried many different ways of eating. I did vegan, I did raw vegan, I did, um, I pescatarian, um, then I did plant-based. So like a bunch of different things. And then it got to a point where I was starting to get fed up because I would, you know, run experiments on myself where I wouldn't take my medication and I would see what would happen. And whenever I did that, obviously, whatever I was doing, I was feeling good overall, but it mm. wasn't enough for me to not depend on my medication anymore. I see. And until I had this epiphany, well, kind of not epiphany, but I, we were, my now husband, whatever, Ilya, you met him. Yeah, um, we were sitting there. Um, literally just like outside talking about like, and I was telling him how I was feeling frustrated. I'm like, I don't understand what I'm doing wrong. Like I've literally gone to the extremes. And this was around the time when me and both of us have, were just starting to get introduced to keto. And he was like, well, you know, your body overproduces cholesterol. And I'm like, yeah, he's like, okay, well, if you go into ketosis, your body burns fat, which is cholesterol. Okay, interesting. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> you're right. He's like, so why don't you try keto? I was like, I don't know. I never thought about that. Because in my head, here's what was engraved. Uh, the American Heart Association says, if you have high cholesterol, you have to follow a very, very, very low fat diet. Right. <laughs> Which yeah, is the complete opposite. So my head, it didn't even register. It didn't even process. I didn't even have a thought to try keto because also, right, there's healthy keto and there's not healthy keto. Sure. And I was like, I don't know, but that's going to, I'm going basically from a fruitarian, like raw vegan, basically like high carb, low fat diet to now trying to get my body to do a high fat, low carb diet. To me in the beginning, it made absolutely no sense. I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I lived for breakfast and I found this woman actually, um, Sarah Wilson. She used to, she wrote a book called I Quit Sugar. Her website used to be I Quit Sugar. And basically she talks about how she healed her thyroid and it took her about a So she talks about like the symptoms that you go through and all of that. And she talks about also a uh, protein, fat, and fiber, protein, fat, and fiber meals, which is essentially also high fat, low carb. Sure. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, maybe there's some truth here. So I was like, okay, I'm going to give this a go because this is the one thing I haven't tried. So it wasn't until I started since that I went keto and I, I was strict keto for some time. And then I wasn't strict keto. I was kind of just, um, low, I would say low carb, like very low carb and high fat, but I wasn't strict keto because strict keto, you know, it has to be, uh, less than 20 net grams of carbs a day. 
And it wasn't until I did that, that helped me actually heal my thyroid. So and, in other words, what you're saying is as soon as you went into ketosis. Yes. That's when, because before you may have not been going into ketosis. Exactly. Because I was eating too much fruit. Yeah. I was eating vegan and raw vegan, but I was eating way too much fruit. And when you have what I learned over these years from all of these experiments is that when you have autoimmune disorders, so asthma, allergies, thyroid issues, chronic pain issues, even IBS, right? Irritable bowel syndrome, all of that can usually for the most part be healed following a protein, fat, and fiber concept. So, and, and being keto, strict keto, because you take away all the inflammation. You're not eating, like you said, all of those grains, which a lot of people can't process myself included. Um, and you're not, you, you take away anything that's processed. And I also, when I talk about keto, I do tell people that you know, it's important to stick to a healthy version of keto. So for example, like I don't do any dairy. Um, And then with meat and fish, that's kind of like person by person. So right now, for example, I'm doing plant-based keto, but I am like primarily, but I am incorporating fish and meats whenever like we go out or something like that, just not in excess. Do you periodically test your blood sugar to make sure you're in ketosis? Or do you kind of just know? I um I usually feel like I know how I'm feeling, but right now, yeah, I haven't done my blood. Um, I'm waiting two. It's been a month since I've been doing it, so I'm gonna wait two more months to do my blood work and do my entire lipid panel because the reason why. So like I healed my thyroid on this diet, so I'm mm-hmm. I know that I'm okay with that. And it's funny though because if I do add in like something that throws me out of it, I do start to notice that I get fatigued and sleepy because it's automatically targeting my thyroid. And then, okay. Does that make sense? Which kind of like to what you, to your point, because you said also, if you incorporate, like if you have some grains or if you incorporate something that your body has gotten used to living without and you feel better, you start to notice those symptoms start to come back up. 100%. Okay. Now I understand what you're saying. That's interesting. My, my, my dad, what probably, I don't know how scientific you go into yours. Um, uh, pretty deep. <laughs> I, I think I heard you talking at the dinner table once and I was like, okay, yeah, she knows what she's talking about. But um, no, mine was more, okay, I, I, I went and I tried, I don't know if you ever heard of The Zone by Barry Sears. I have, yep. Okay. Um, and his is just, his whole thing is, like you said, anti-inflammatory and mm-hmm. inflammation. There's, there's two types of inflammation. One where you, you know, you cut your foot, there's redness, swelling, soreness, right? And then there's a silent mm-hmm. inflammation that happens in the cells. It's, it's, a, it's a cellular inflammation. Yes. And it's essentially, it's the root cause of, it's essentially an umbrella term for most disease, uh, preventable, chronic preventable disease. Um, so I mean that that resonated with me, and I, I'm the, I, I don't I'm not a bio, I'm not a biology major. I don't know. I just uh-huh. know that the foods that I tried improved my performance, and for me that yes. was the, the green light to, to keep going. So for so, yeah. you, it was your your health, 
So you mm -hmm. had different markers for whether or not you were succeeding with your diet or not, where mine was yeah. just illness. So, yeah, it's interesting. It's, it's fascinating. Yeah. We end up at the same place. Yeah. Well, yeah. And that's why I think it's so interesting how that happens. And, you know, at the end of the day, I feel like what I've noticed is that whether you start with fitness or whether you start with nutrition, because it's different for different people, at the end, you end up realizing you need both. Yeah. to reach that optimal because now I'm finding myself, I've reached a very, you know, I'm, I mean, my diet is like, I don't need anything processed. I don't eat sugar. I don't eat dairy. I don't eat gluten. I don't eat, um, what else is there? Soy. Like yeah. I don't eat any of that. Like literally it's easier for me to tell you what I do eat, which is plants. So anything that grows and then nuts and seeds, avocado, olive oil and and like meat and fish whenever i want that's it yeah. i drink water i drink carbonated water like like you know like soda if i want not not uh, like not real soda but <laughs> so many of these. yeah i'm actually trying out this new one zevia Z okay yeah, yeah i know that. it's know that. really delicious i'm enjoying it a lot um and then coffee so other than that, and I gave up alcohol recently, um, just because I'm really focusing on healing my liver. So I decided that like, unless I'm going on vacation, I'm not drinking any alcohol. Um, I know there's, there's studies out there and you always see them pop up on Facebook and I'm pretty sure they're just clickbait, but for people who drink and it's like beer, once one beer a day is good, it's fine. You know, or one no. glass a day is fine. But to me, it's like, I, I and it's like I said, it's personal. Yeah. But if I have a glass of wine, I don't feel good the next morning. I don't feel as clear. And I think oh, yeah. another thing is when when you when you take nutrition and training to the place that we've taken it, you just know what you're supposed to feel like. A hundred percent. So when you're a percent off that, um, you know. You know right away. Whereas normal, maybe it's someone who isn't as worried about their diet, and maybe they don't have to be. Because they've never had any anything come up in their life where that where they that's forced them to take themselves seriously or their diet, their nutrition seriously. Mm -hmm. uh, they may not know that you know the candy bar last night is why they feel fatigued this morning. Right. They just haven't drawn the connection yet. You know. So yeah. Interesting. No, I agree. Now, curious. Did you also do the carnivore diet with Shelby? No, so Shelby's an experimentalist, just like you. <laughs> yes. I early on found what works for me. And um, like I, so, no, I, I didn't try the carnivore diet. I did watch her try it though. It was interesting. It was it? Was it? Was, it? Uh, I'm yeah. curious, what was your, in, in, I guess, take on it? Um, I mean, she was just eating meat all the time. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I was, I mean, she, she seemed like, I, I, look, I understood when she explained it to me, um, how essentially you, you turn your body into this, into a more efficient machine where you're using more of what you take in uh -huh. and that's the point behind it. Whereas with other, with other, with a diet maybe that has high in vegetables, what I do, I do a lot of veggies. That's um, what I do. Yeah. A lot of stuff you aren't processing and it's going through you, um, where the carnivore diet is just much more efficient. And I suppose your, your turnover on what you take in is much higher right um, yeah i mean it's an interesting idea i haven't tried it personally i don't know if i ever will but yeah 
I do. I find it fascinating. I have watched uh, a couple of videos on it um, from different people talking about it. For me, I struggle with um, like if I would ever be able to do it fully just because um, so to your point, I actually my main thing is I am I believe in cellular nutrition. That's really my guiding principle behind food. So for me, it's when I eat, it's not like, oh, I'm hungry. I need to put food into my stomach because we know that our stomach is just a holding pouch. It does nothing, right? So essentially, I'm always thinking about like, how is this going to affect my cells, like my body, like, and the nutrients that I'm getting. And so Mm -hmm. I've noticed that like, I feel my best when I eat a lot of green leafy vegetables, right? So mixed greens, lettuce, asparagus, leeks, uh, uh, broccoli, all of that, right? And I tend to, like, I feel like my body has a harder time breaking down meat, which is why, like, I don't really eat a lot of it and I don't crave it that much. But it's like, I also don't want to limit myself because I've done that before. And what I've noticed is that when you feel like you're limiting yourself, where let's say you, for example, it's the summertime and we've been doing so many barbecues lately with like a bunch of friends or like family. And sometimes there's like a piece of rib on the grill and like a piece of like a lamb rib. Right. And it's like, all this juicy fat coming off of it. And I'm like, Oh my God, that sounds, that looks so delicious. (laughs) And it's like, sorry, I'm plant-based. And I realized like, I don't want labels anymore. You know, it's like if, if we're out and like, it's a quality meat and it looks delicious and my body wants it, I don't want to say no to it. Cause at the end of the day, it's still, it's still keeping me in ketosis, right? It's not like I'm doing something that's damaging where I'm eating a piece of cake and completely going haywire. <laughs> no, 100%. Uh, and I commend you for your ability to stick with it because I would certainly have had some of that. Um... <laughs> <laughs> well, I did the last time and it was delicious. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, I mean, so as far as, as, as my nutritional journey concern it's it's changed a lot so initially like i said you know i wanted to go into cross uh, bodybuilding and right you know have a very strict diet it's not necessarily a healthy one it, there's a lot of grain involved in, in bodybuilding um uh, and i don't see how those guys can continue that diet without being it's just they have to do that for 10 to 15 to 20 years and there's just so much it's wild the day it's just not healthy and um, a lot of them, they stuff themselves with food, no, to get the gains. Exactly. A hundred percent. And like, how do you, I mean, how do you keep up? Like how in the world does your body keep up with all of that? So, um, at the very high level, like the top guys in Olympia, uh-huh. their bodies are, tr- want to get rid of muscle. So the okay. body wants to, cause it doesn't need it. It doesn't need to carry mm. that much muscle around. It's, it's completely unnecessary. Right. So, um, the body trying to get rid of it, but so you have to keep feeding it to prevent yourself to, from going into a state of uh, um, a catabolic state. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it, it's just it's unhealthy, but it, it's not a journey I, I went down, so I'm not too worried about it. But so since then, um, my diet changed from trying to look a certain way to trying mm-hmm. to perform a certain way. So how quickly could I run a mile? How mm. quickly could I complete thirty clean and jerks at a certain weight? What was my max snatch? How many ring muscle-ups can I do? And I found that the better I ate, the more pull-ups I could do. 
The better mm. I ate, the faster I could run a mile or an 800 or a 400. And to me, that was exciting. So Interesting. since then, I, I no longer want, want to go to the games, the CrossFit games, or compete at a high level in CrossFit, although I do enjoy it. I still go and train CrossFit. Mm-hmm. But the reason I do it now is of the way it spills into the rest of my life. Right. Like my focus at school is, is better. My mm. work is better. My sleep is every, every measurable marker of your health becomes better when you start to train at a very high, high level, not at a competitively high level. I just mean work on your mile time and then mm-hmm. eat a bunch of veggies, eat a, eat a diet that, uh, that is specific to you and your physiology Mm-hmm. find out what that is if you don't know either through a doctor or through trying certain things um and your life will improve eventually so how did you get i guess how did you even find out about crossfit so you went from bodybuilding to crossfit was that like an easy switch also and like what inspired you to even try out crossfit because i feel like there's such different worlds there is um so uh was it an easy switch? No. <laughs> being a bodybuilder is like being really overweight. Like you, you can't move. You can't do burpees. You, your, all your body weight stuff is slow. You certainly can't run. I feel like there's a lot of stiffness involved. So much, so much stiffness. Like you work on contracting individual muscle groups. So if anything that's compound or athletic comes into play, you can't do it. At least not at a very high level. Uh huh. So, for me, who this young guy who was like 18, who thought that he was so fit because he looked a certain way, and suddenly I couldn't do these things these other guys were doing. Uh-huh. I was like, so I was like, well, what am I doing wrong hmm. in my, my training? I mean, I know I'm training for a very specific sport, but isn't why is there not why isn't there more overlap with with athletic performance? Hmm. And when I found out how little of an overlap there is with with hypertrophic training and um, athletic performance um functional training uh i I just i couldn't bring myself to do it anymore because Mm. it just doesn't make sense that i would do something that's so far removed from normal healthy training i got into it because i wanted to be healthier and the fact that it wasn't it just didn't make sense so like i said um i watched that video by uh greg glassman who Right now, is not very popular in the fitness scene or <laughs> bad tweets, but we'll, we'll overlook those just for the sake of the fact that the, the methodology he, he put forth on, on, on fitness was probably the most effective. He essentially defined fitness for the rest of the community. So and how I, does he define it? So when I say fitness, you may think, you know, if we're in a room of people, this is how he puts it, if we're in a room of people and he says fitness, the yogis are thinking one thing. The Olympic lifters are thinking one thing. Mm-hmm. The bodybuilders are thinking one thing, but no one had a unifying definition for it. Mm. So you eventually defined it as work capacity across uh, broad time and modal domains. Mm-hmm. So you just take something you can complete in two minutes, or you just try and complete as much work of separate modes of training. So gymnastics, running, uh, cardiovascular endurance across 10 um, physical domains, right? Mm-hmm. And then you try and do the same. You try and increase your work capacity in four minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes. And essentially, basically speaking, that's essentially the definition for fitness. So once you mm. was able to put in place a definition for fitness, you could suddenly now measure it. And if mm-hmm. you can measure it, you can put people against each other and time each other or 
make them lift a certain weight and compare them. And suddenly you had this whole other facet of fitness that came into play, which was the CrossFit Games. CrossFit, right? Food, right? Um, yes. Here, Ilya and you are, are trying it. Well, we have, so we haven't started, so we haven't started yet. When we were in Denver, we were thinking of joining a CrossFit uh, place. Uh, we went to a couple to like look at them and just kind of like see what they do and like their schedules. And then we were just about to sign up until we realized we were going to be moving back to the East Coast. And we're like, okay, well, like, there's just like too much going on. So wait, we moved back to the East Coast and we're like, okay, we're settled. Like we're staying here. We got this. We start looking up CrossFit centers that are like near us in Philly. COVID happens. Um, Everything goes on lockdown. I'm like, why? Like, I just don't understand. But we're you do it. What? I said there's a power out there and it doesn't want you to do cross. I swear, but you know what? I think they're just stopping us from our greatness. And like, I'm not gonna give up because I no. And um, yeah. So I'm actually we watch we watched all the documentaries about the CrossFit Games. So we're like we know everyone who is like obviously there and just like the process and it's exciting. But really what it comes down to for the longest time, I was scared. So like I said, I started with nutrition. So for me, fitness was kind of like fitness in the sense of like taking it to the next level was kind of like a second thing, but you know, I'm not going to get the results I want without fitness there because exercise is a big, 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 big aspect in order to like heal your body fully. And so what fascinates me about CrossFit in particular is that it targets everything it targets every single body part and in the beginning when i first discovered crossfit i guess um i wasn't really sure about it and i was a little scared to even do it because i was like well i still want to keep my curves and i want to get too muscular <laughs> No, no, I'm you know, and I think that's the myth. That's a, it's a myth, obviously. Yeah. No, it's, it could it not be. Well, I mean, it could happen, right? Like, you may be this incredible athlete who can naturally put on fifty pounds of muscle after a couple months of training. We don't know. We'll find out. Though. We'll find out. Right to to be continued. Yes, exactly. Um, but yeah, I I what's I think what fascinates me also about CrossFit is that it establishes um, a mental strength. 100%. And that's what I was going to talk about next. Please, yeah. Why don't you actually oh, go yeah, into yeah, that? So, um, for me, that's the biggest thing I noticed when I got into it. Was it wasn't necessarily the, I mean, although I did become fitter, mm-hmm. naturally, right? Naturally, of course. <laughs> I became a different person. Like, the person, I, I, if I look back, and if I had not taken the route to become healthier and fitter, I just, I, I can't see how I would be as determined as a, of a person as I am right now. It, it changed my physiology, and when you do it for long enough, I think, you, you first of all, you develop um, a pain threshold mm-hmm. that most people don't develop because um, you have to deal with suffering right right the workouts are are tough and you suffer suffer. it's it's the most immediate sense of suffering you can get in the day Mm. and once you do it 
the re- and this has been said so many times in the fitness industry, but once you do the workout, the rest of the day is pretty easy. You won't, you right. won't suffer like that for the rest of the day. And then for some reason, we go and do it again the next day. But um, yeah, absolutely. Mental strength is, is a huge reward on the, of the training. And more so for me, that was more important than the physical reward that you got from it was the mental yeah. side. And I, yeah, I think that's kind of the thing that's drawing me right now because I need that next thing to push me uh, mentally, to be honest. Um, the reason why I want to do it is for that reason. It's not really to even get fit or any, I mean, yeah, it's nice to get fit, but for me, I did nutrition because I wanted to heal my body and like my cells. The reason I, because that's my why, right? The reason I want to do fitness. Um, yeah, I can go to the gym and I can work out and all of that stuff, but I, it's not that exciting as opposed to challenging myself, knowing that I know that I'm going to have a really hard time doing those workouts. They intimidate me. I'm not going to lie. I'll be honest. They are really scary. I'm like, they're in my head. I still, I'm like, how in the world am I even going to do that? Why in the world, Nino, do you even think you want to do CrossFit, right? But that'll never change. That'll continue forever. (laughs) I have the same thing every time I go. As in questioning yourself? Yeah, you, you're like, well, first of all, you're like, okay, this is going to be super tough. I'm going to suffer. Right. It's going to suck. And then during it, you're like, why the hell am I doing this? This is so dumb. But, you know, afterwards, once you're done, you know, it all turns out okay. But definitely, I have the same thoughts as you. I mean, maybe for you, it's because you're newer to it and the, and the whole thing seems unfamiliar. But, um, Yeah. Well, because some of the exercises to me seem extremely impossible. And it's like, I know they're not impossible because obviously so many people do them, but Mm. because I'm not anywhere even near the people who have been doing this for years, I look at it as like, oh my God, like this is intense. But at the same time, there's something that's clearly drawing me to it. And I'm extremely intrigued by what your body is able to do and it's unlike any other kind of fitness that is out there right whether it's for example like to your point bodybuilding where you're literally just trying to put on mass amounts of muscle and literally Mm -hmm. destroying your organism in the process um same thing as i would say even like bikini competitions for women or you know, where you're literally starving your body and depleting yourself of a lot of its essential needs. No, and let me, let me backtrack a little bit. When I, when I say CrossFit, CrossFit, it was really well marketed to everyone. But at the end of the day, that's just a brand. And if you forget about what it really is, it's just a mixture of all the training modes. So Mm -hmm. and Glassman wanted to do it, and I'll keep bringing him up, but when he, his essentially his whole goal was put anything, any mode of training, gymnastics, mm-hmm. uh, rowing, running, Olympic lifting, um, hypertrophic training, bodybuilding mm-hmm. has a place in CrossFit. It, it shouldn't be the whole focus. It should be a way of strengthening individual muscles, strengthening mm-hmm. the connective tissue in the body. But put all of those training modes, yoga, put them all in a Pilates, put them all in a hopper, turn the wheel, 
Mm-hmm. You got a workout. That's your workout for today. Great. My workout's playing soccer for an hour. That's mm. CrossFit. It's I see not, what you mean. It's well branded, but I at the end of the day, mean. it's just doing a bunch of different stuff. It's keeping it interesting and it's doing it in a community of people. Mm. So that, that's at the end of the day what it is. And that's why it makes us better because you're doing it, you know, the lawyer and the doctor and the janitor and the school teacher are working out next to each other and right. they all pull from each other. And at the end of the, the workout, they give each other a high five. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's positive and it's great. I, I like it. Right. As opposed to the lone wolf who's got his earphones in in the gym and he's isolated and there's no community in that. You know, if no. you're going to spend an hour doing something, you, you know, you, you want to maximize your rate of return on the, on the time. I think right. you know, spend time with people, make it fun, make it hard and get a max, get maximum returns out of it. I love that. So do you, um, do you train at a CrossFit gym though, or do you just pull up the workouts and do them? Well, I, I've been a trainer for like 10 years, so I program for myself. Well, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> it's like, okay, what, what random things can I mix together? Like, oh, there's a rowing machine. I don't train at a CrossFit, I train at a Globo gym, which is what I call them. It's just a normal gym. Okay. So, there's a rower over here. Let me get a pair of dumbbells and let's just mix some stuff together. It's, it's, it doesn't have to be as complicated as people make it out. Honestly, if it, the, the simpler it is, the more effective it is. Simple Got programming it. is much more effective. Got Do it. Thrusters, 10 calories on the row, five rounds, and you're done. And that's the workout for today. It took you 10 minutes. It was hard, but that's it. And your rate of return and the power output you had in those 10 minutes is much higher than the guy who's doing three sets of 10 with a one minute 30 break in between um, for an hour and a half. Yeah. And it's not as fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. So do your clients that you train, do you incorporate those workouts, like um, CrossFit type of workouts into their programs as well? Or it does it depend client, like, you know, based on the person? Uh, I have, I, um, I'll just go with what their, their goals are. Okay. So some people want to put on a lot of muscle. And I, although I will include a little bit of high intensity interval training, uh-huh. I, uh, I will, I will just, I'll play into their goals okay. um, and, 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 and program according to what they're, they're asking to program. Otherwise it becomes a bun fight and then you lose the client. <laughs> because <laughs> Makes they, sense. Like, You're making me do this. And they don't, maybe they, they don't, maybe they don't know what the health benefits are. Uh-huh. Um, and yes, so I'll, I'll try and explain it, but if they still want to do something a certain way, I'm perfectly fine programming a bodybuilding based routine for them. That's not a problem. Got it. I've been in the industry for so long that, you know, I will, I'm not going to force anything on anyone. Right. Right. So do you feel like this is what you will continue, like probably do this for the rest of your life? Uh, Training people or myself? Maybe not training people, but training yourself. (laughs) Yeah. I I hope to be, uh, the generations before us didn't train like we, we train now. Training has evolved. Um, and the gyms have evolved. That's why they're now nearly, there's probably about 13,000 CrossFit gyms and a couple thousand LA fitness or yeah. you know, things have changed and the way people work out just changed. Um, so I, I don't, I think we won't age like our, our, our the generations before us have aged. We will uh-huh. be a generation of super agers. We will still be doing box jumps in our sixties and seventies. Mm-hmm. The goal is, is not to live forever. The goal is to live a more fulfilling life for longer. 
So mm. I don't want to be 120. Um, I just want to be 60 and still be able to move. You right. Know what I mean? So, yeah, I do think I'll still be going to training for forever. So, no, I get it. Yeah. How about I, yourself? I... You, you see yourself? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I think this is why I do this because, um, I want to be like 80, 90 years old and still thriving. Exactly. No, that's <laughs> you know, um, I don't know. I really enjoy feeling good. I think I felt really not good and not well for many years growing up and had a lot of like stomach issues or other issues. And I think when I got the you know, getting older and starting my health journey and discovering all these things that I never knew about and feeling the difference. And I think it's when you feel that difference, you can't go back um, because it's too good. Like it honestly is too good. And I, for like, for example, like I used to be one of those people were like, oh, well, what's a glass of wine a, a, day, a day, right? Like, or what's a glass of wine with my meal? Like I would sometimes have Ilya go pick up a bottle of wine just so that I had some wine in the fridge and then right. like, we'll have like a glass with my dinner. And then I realized like after, since I stopped drinking, why was I even doing that? Like that wasn't serving me. If anything, I would have a glass and then I would get sleepy and then I wouldn't feel like myself. And I feel like I'm regaining even like I had a lot of energy, but I'm gaining, regaining even more energy because I'm not putting extra things into my system that are slowing me down. Um, I pray that one day I can also give up coffee. Um, but (laughs) I've given up so many things that I'm like, you know, I need one thing that I can hold on to for now. I I do drink coffee. Do you drink cappuccino or how do you like your coffee? No, I just drink black coffee or I'll add almond milk to it, but I don't, that's pretty much it. I don't know what the the components of of oat milk, I'm I'm assuming it's oak. I I mean, oats, sorry. But um, it's, have you ever tried oat milk? Can you have it in your diet? You know? I have tried oat milk. I love oat milk, but I, I feel like if I have coffee with oat milk every day, it actually sets me back too much. So okay. now I, I stick to almond milk instead. That's probably the better option. I, so yeah. I do a cappuccino in the morning with oat milk. Oh, that and, sounds so delicious. And then I'll do another one and then a third. So that is my crux. So I do have three cups I know. Of and I get super excited and then I crash at like 3 p.m. But <laughs> yeah. I get a lot done in between the third coffee and the crash. So it's, it's okay. Right. <laughs> like you said, hopefully I can stop, I can wean off coffee because I don't think I, I think I, I sabotage my sleep. Like, Same. I, think I, I don't sleep as well. Same. Um, and I'm not as relaxed as, as I would be. So yeah, I, I totally understand where you're coming from in the coffee. Yeah. So, so that's like, I think that's going to be my biggest challenge. Um, in the future that's what i foresee um but yeah i mean what do what would you say to people anyone listening like what i guess what are your sec- personal secrets to staying um fit and healthy i don't i, I don't i don't know because i can't get into other people i, I guess i i don't know what other people are thinking so i don't really know what to pass on but i'm just i think i would just say that if you're gonna do it do it 
do it for six months to a year. Don't, don't go with the eight weeks and then, mm. then quit. But I think, it, you know, if maybe if it was that easy, people would be doing it. Right. Um, well, I guess um, people would probably be wondering what I would imagine is, for example, like a big thing for an average person is cravings, battling cravings, right? For like, oh, hey, I want a snack here. I want a snack there. Like what have you noticed throughout your years or, you know, do you get cravings? Like, do you have moments of like where you need a snack? or you don't at all or if you do crave a snack what do you do in those cases uh okay so you i mean there's two ways to process one is very analytical okay um, more so you you are what you repeatedly do have you heard that before yes behavioral psychology mm -hmm. so if you if you have that snack today when you craved it there's a, there's a much more likely probability that you'll have it tomorrow mm. so if you can avoid it today that you're much more likely to avoid it tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So I guess that is an analytical approach. Um, but for me, I, I, I do get cravings and I will have a piece of, of, of chocolate maybe once a week. Okay. Like, but I, like, you, like we spoke about before, I just, I know the feeling of when I'm feeling really good and I, and I try to imagine, I suppose, yeah, here it is. I try to imagine how good I'll feel if I don't and how clear in the morning I'll be if I don't have that snack. You know, mm -hmm. for me, so I'm in school right now and I'm in school for, um, I'm just, I'm transferring from accounting to math. Oh, wow. And I need to muster every brain cell I have to get through school. <laughs> so uh, it's an essential for me to, to stay healthy and, and, um, and, eat, and eat well. And I, you will, I suppose my secret is, is just imagine how you'll feel tomorrow if you, if you don't. No, I think that's perfect. I love that. Um, so something I also ask everyone that comes onto my podcast before we wrap up is if you could give yourself, your younger self, one piece of advice, what would you have said to your younger self? Um, I was thinking about this earlier. I didn't see your, your list. Of <laughs> um, it wouldn't be anything to do with fitness. I just say, I, th I think I'd tell myself that everyone's dealing with something in their life. People from all walks of life are dealing with something. The super affluent to the less affluent, doesn't matter. We're all dealing with something. We're all suffering from something. So I think just just be kind to people. That's what I would say to my I younger love self. That. That's yeah. awesome. And is there anything that you would say, a book or a video or anything that you that changed your life that you would recommend to someone? if like they're thinking about starting their health journey and they or maybe even a piece of advice doesn't matter um and they really have no idea where to start like what would you say to them oh so no i, I no i don't I haven't read many i mean i've, I've read I've, I've got my certificate certifications as a trainer but i've never read books that have made me want to, to start training a certain way. But what I would do and what I did was I would pick a person who is embodies fitness and wellness, mm -hmm. not the superficial idea of fitness, someone who actually lives the life and maybe try to emulate and, 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 and change my behavior so that it emulates their behavior. Because at the end of the day, that's all you're really doing is, is you're, just, you're just changing your behavior. 
And right. Instead of doing one thing, you're now doing another. It's, it's quite simple. It's hard to do, but that's simply what you're doing. So I would just say try and emulate someone that inspires you and, and look at their behavior, look at what they do on a day-to-day -day basis and, and try and recreate that in your own life. I love that. And I totally agree with that. Mitch, where can everyone find you? So uh, Instagram is at Mitchell underscore Harding. Um, mm -hmm. I don't really use Twitter or Facebook, so that's pretty much it. <laughs> but yeah, I have a little following on there. I put my workouts on there. Um, I don't offer much nutritional advice. If So I offer online programming, and if people want to, they can, they can get – I never – this is – I never really give unsolicited advice on training. Like I, to my friends, family, I think it's, it's something people identify with. People mm -hmm. identify with their, their habits. Right. Um, and they, some people truly believe that's who they are. It's the way that, what they think and the way they behave is who they are. When it's not, that's a different conversation. But um, I'll never give uh, uh, advice. So I just try and keep it fun and light on Instagram. So, you know. I love it. <laughs> but if someone does want to uh, book a session with you, um, do you also work with clients online as well? Yes. Yeah, so I, I'm, I work online mostly actually right now. I'm working on just because I've moved to Dallas. So I'm, I'm working strictly mm -hmm. online. But I will start training clients in Dallas relatively soon. Um, so, yeah. Awesome. Well, then anyone can reach out to you. So anyone that's listening and I will make sure to leave a link to your channel so they could uh, reach out to you. Um, thank you again so much for coming onto my podcast. I really loved our conversation. I thought it was awesome and I hope that it speaks to someone. Yeah, me too. Thank you, Nina. I appreciate that. Thank you. And thank you everyone for listening to a Naturally Nino podcast and I will see you guys next week. Bye.